0: This is the Danger Close podcast. Beyond the books, with me, Jack Carr. Welcome to the Danger Close podcast, an Ironclad original presented by Six Hour. My guest today is Andrew Arabito. He is the owner and founder of Half Face Blades. They make amazing blades like this. You might remember them from certain chapters in the Terminal List, right here, and the other novels as well. And uh, we did a collab not too long ago. So made these right here, the Hunter Skinners for Savage Sun, And uh, this thing's just beautiful, love this thing. So if you haven't checked him out, you can go to halffaceblades.com and you can go to halffaceblades on Instagram as well. And he is spec operator on Instagram. So uh, check those out and enjoy the podcast. Let's see. Let's start off a little bit. Um, can you just bring me through? Uh, let's start. Let's just talk knives. Okay. So uh, let's start with that, and then we'll see where it goes. But uh, talk to me about your first knife, and what do you have right now? So people that are just um, kicking this off, half face
1: blades. Yeah, half face blades. Yep. Kind of started uh, a little over five years ago. Um, it kind of started. Uh, I was I was having some. I had gotten out of the military. Um, did you make any while you were in the military? No, I any? didn't. I did before when I was kind of young with my older brothers. Yeah. Just kind of crude instruments, crude tools out of old leaf springs, you know? Yeah. Just always been an outdoorsman. So that's kind of the history of uh, me being an end user. So being an outdoorsman, uh, outdoor family, we're always camping, you know, fishing, backpacking, everything. And then uh, I was doing survival trips to Montana and everything in high school and lived in Alaska a few different summers during high school and just always spent my time in the outdoors. And whether I'm running around with a hatchet or a knife or a pocket knife or a fixed blade, I always had one on, me, yeah. you know. And then in the SEAL teams, you know, for 10 years, of course, used knives. Um, you know, whether it's Leatherman, we always were carrying a fixed blade, usually a Leatherman or a multi-tool and a yeah. folder. So used knives in that sense of, you know, in the combative way. And then I got out, I was working um with another team gone to business and then that was taking a lot of time and i was doing a little bit of advising up in hollywood on movie stuff and one day i was like man it kind of just dawned on me like thinking about being with my older brothers grinding knives and my buddies that are still active duty and um, you know wanting to go to war with them and i was like well man, maybe i should just make some knives because i know what i want out of uh, a knife in the end i know what how to use it i know what it can do you know and i want to make it purpose-driven so i was like well I'll just design a few for my buddies that are still active. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I started... Would you use steel. this material? Did you use it? Are like, you back to leaf springs now? Or are you no, like you know, I, I actually and... did my research. And I was like, okay, what are guys using for grinders now? You know, 2 by 72 inch belts. And I just really dove in. I went to some blade forums. And all it was in blade forums was just discouraging stuff. Oh, man. You know what I mean? It's like... It's a bunch of dudes in their basements. Like, I don't yeah. know. that just like knives, but they're not purpose-driven or something yeah. like that. Anyway, so I I just you know, exit out of blade forms and then go back to that. And just did my research on grinder, you know, grinders, new steels, you know, American steels, super steels, the metallurgy of that. And I just, you know, went with S35V in because I wanted good blade and edge retention. Okay. so that's still what you use now? Yeah. A lot of the steel, I use CPM3V and I'll do some, some Damascus here and there and everything. But use that S35 and started making those real, kind of a simple design. I didn't want to get too complicated in the beginning, you know, I was learning. So was it the crow or no, was, it the- that was the... It was just a series one. Okay. You know, series Collectors one. Collectors at them now for yeah. those that have them. Well, the first 50 i numbered and then I just did a, a five year anniversary. I did a 51 through 101 and numbered them. So those nice. all got taken up as well. Awesome. Yeah. But the Crow Scout was the third design. Okay. I did. And I have, I have
0: many of those in the house. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, so you made those, those
1: early ones, gave them out to, or, yeah, well, you know, 50. I was just taking pictures of my learning process, you know, yeah. and, and just did social media. And so I had buddies that were already like, yeah, of course, I'll take one. And I had some friends were like, oh, I want one, too. You know what I mean? And so I started, I was like, oh, I'll just do 10. And then it's like 20. And so I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to do 50. Nice. So I had just had like plastic fold-out table. And I was under the awning in my backyard. And it was like, I put brown paper, I put the knife down, write their name and what they wanted and go from there and finish the knife, set it back down, you know. Dude. And that's how it started. You know. awesome as well and do you, do you have pictures of that i haven't seen you post
0: um, pictures of the early a days while. i have i have pictures i want to see the some day. of those i yeah. love pictures like that old school ones yeah. where you see guys just uh when they're first starting out in their garage with whatever it is yeah but particularly yeah. it seems like uh like knife making lends itself to oh, some man. pretty sweet pictures you yeah like and you know what they're so crude away. still
1: and like the grinds aren't even and the handles like i could have done them so much better and we're so much farther along now and so when I see people send pictures of their knife back in the day like yeah. that, and I'm like, Hey, you know, I refurbished <laughs> for free, like send it in, I'll nice. refurbish it, you know, I'll make it look new. And they're like, no, yeah, don't, I don't want you yeah, to touch exactly. it. I want that old grinds. And, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty rad. Dude. And so when did you start switching over to make the, I mean, these things are works
0: of art for those of you that have not uh, seen these things, go to half face blade, dot com yeah right and then uh, Instagram uh, face blades blades. Uh, beautiful photos the photos are amazing I remember I was asking you dude what kind of camera do you use and you're like "Uh, my iPhone and I just got the new iPhone so I'm going to take a little better ones they're they're awesome but so when did it turn uh, they're always you know purpose driven you can always use them outside you can always uh, take them in the backcountry. you can always take them into combat Um, but they're beautiful so when did they? Were they always like that from the beginning? There was that, there was always that artistic side to it where um, there was just this yeah this functional beauty to them because they're different than anything else out there. Like you can see, there's no like oh is that a half face blade? Right. No,
1: right.
0: you that you is. know yeah. that it's a half
1: face blade. Yeah. Uh,
0: when did that come into the picture?
1: Um, you know, I didn't have anybody teach me, and I really like you know Burlwood wood and, and the beauty of it. Yeah. You know, and so from the first ones, you know, I was like I got some redwood burl and I got. So my card G ten, which so many knives are made of my card and G ten. It's, it's great material, it's strong yeah. material, it's not really expensive. But I really like that burrow wood and stuff like that, you know. So I don't I think that from the beginning I was trying to use some of those materials, you know, and then and then I was like one day off the top of my head I was like, Oh man, what if I could combine these materials, you know, yeah. have to get all the perfect grinds and then I was like, Oh, look at this turquoise. Oh I could combine that and well, I could put copper here. So and, awesome. So really that progression and it you know, it takes time, like I said, we're five years in and so much cleaner and everything than we were before. And now it's like we can get as intricate as someone wants or what we want to do as, or we can just get as tactical, dark yeah. and sinister as we want as well, yeah. you know, but it constantly changes and gets better, you know, but at the end of the day, the design itself, I can make it really pretty, but the design itself lends itself to being, being able to be used, you know, and yeah. being really purpose-driven, and that yeah. really was the focus.
0: Right. Yeah. You always talk about that, but man, they're they're beautiful knives, and uh, I mean they're so awesome that I, of course, used one in my novels and yeah. uh, in The Terminal List, uh, which was the first novel. There's a very graphic scene. and There's a few graphic scenes in there. Very, it's a little bit violent. But uh, there's one where, of course, the carambido comes out and, uh, and disembowels someone. And when I was a little worried about that scene, sending that to New York. Because I didn't, you know, just going off to Simon & Schuster. It's just going off to this publishing house but in New York. And, uh, and they ended up loving it. But I went back there, and it's, uh, we're at this meeting. And it's kind of like a, like a happy hour type meeting thing. And I see this one lady looking at me from across the room. And I know she wants to say something and she's looking and I'm like, oh man, she's like going to say something about the how violent it is or whatever. And then she, she walks over and we start, uh, we start talking and she says, you know, that one scene we have that knife that's all curved <laughs> and you cut that guy's guts open I'm like, yeah. She's like, I loved it. I was like, nice. <laughs> wow. Awesome. That's so awesome. I was super fired up that uh it's not like one of people's that's people the chapter that people talk about
1: more yeah, than any I other get, chapter. I get you know, I get a DM and it and it's your book, of nice. course, and it's like, I just read that scene. That's so awesome. Yeah, no, absolutely. We just got t- you know, I just got uh, we just got a uh, DM maybe. About ten minutes ago. Oh, nice. you know, oh yeah! It's yeah, yeah. like I want one of those knives. Like, oh, Sweet. So- well, they're going to have
0: an opportunity because we're going right. to do something together here for uh, I think in the springtime or something. But uh, we'll do some cool design that uh, uh, connects itself back to the book, and I'll have a have a book, uh, the blade, and then we'll uh, uh, put them up there, and all the profits will go to support veteran focused foundations. So That'd we'll we'll do that here in the in the springtime. But uh, all right, let's take it back even further. Um, so I think I know a little bit about your background, but I never get to like ask and, and dive in and, and, uh, and get even uh, more personal, but here right. like, we can, cause right. I've got you on the headset. <laughs> so, uh, so growing up, um, I, it was Northern California. Yep. Start first. Right. And, uh, and just always just driven to get outside, get outdoors or did yeah, your parents like, drive you Did your brothers do that? I was
1: like home birth in a fifth wheel trailer while they were building an extension onto the barn. Dang. Where I live, where my mother still rents, actually. Yeah. You know, so, up in Angwin, actually, in Northern California. Okay. There's Napa Valley, Napa County, Napa Valley. You go in Northern Napa Valley of like St. Helena, Calistoga, the little yep. towns on the eastern s- slope yep. of St. Helena, Calistoga. There's a little tiny town called Angwin. Okay. And that's kind of between St. Helena. You could drive up the hill, go through Angwin, go down through Pope Valley out towards Sacramento out there. Okay. Um, anyway, that's where I grew up. And I had an older sister, two older brothers.
0: And what brought uh, your family up there? Were they there for a while? You know,
1: my, my grandfather, I would believe, there's a college there, Pacific Union College. My grandfather was a business manager there years ago, and my mom nice. had went to college there, and then they had all moved away, and I think my grandpa and him had moved back, so I think I eventually, I, they lived in Fort Bragg originally, up the coast. Fort Bragg on
0: the coast, yeah. Right, I used to right. dive for abalone up yeah, there. Yeah, I dove uh-huh. up for
1: abalone up there, too. They <laughs> get like, uh, Good stuff. Glass Beach, and some pretty cool spots up yeah. there. Yeah, Salt Point, I think, is one. Yep. yeah, yeah. yeah. I would, uh, when I got my scuba diving license, I was like, you know, this would help me. When I was in high school, I was like, oh, "I'm gonna be in the SEAL teams. This, this will help me." I went and went got my scuba diving license. I did in. the same thing, probably on I the same beach. Yeah, it was so miserable. It's hey. so cold. Dude. You can't see anything. you Couldn't know there's see sharks. anything.
0: I was nine years old. My dad lied because you had to be twelve, I think. And so he was like an attorney. So he, oh yeah, he stretched the truth. I don't want to say oh, for anyone yeah. listening. Yeah. But But uh, yeah, so you we stretched I, your age <laughs> quite a bit. And back then they didn't make you probably had a beard that big when you were nine though, dude. <laughs> I don't. I had a uh, yeah. No, I was a little skinny little guy so in that water it, it, freezing it's and especially when you have no body fat on you as a nine year old um, you know fourth grader I think I was uh, and then you make wetsuits for kids back then so I have these oh, pictures man. of me with like in this wetsuit and the wetsuit's off my hands and it's, <laughs> it's off my, my feet and feet. I'm just like on this beach looking
1: totally miserable so those are like moray boogie wetsuits with the bright the bright sleeves. They were.
0: This was just like straight up blacks. This is 1983. No, the first ones coming like that. out. No, no, wait. No, yeah, 1982, 83. That's when I was born. So that's <laughs> so a little bit older. But uh, I remember going, going out there, off the beach, getting out there, freezing, and then all of a sudden uh, letting the air out of that buoyancy thing, uh, go down, and just dark and murky. I can't see anything. Frozen. Yeah, it was awful. It, it was miserable so awful. Uh, I don't think so, it helped
1: me. Uh, you know, <laughs> I don't really don't think. I think it was. It didn't help me. I
0: think just the doing it, just anything that where you push yeah, yourself, you know, forcing yourself, that, uh, into it that. Wasn't the zone. actual
1: diving. It was no, no Yeah, forcing myself like getting past that fear. Yeah, you know I mean, I, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Okay, I'm doing it.
0: Yeah. No, I know. think that was it. Yeah, definitely not the. Uh, the technical side of it—it right. it was the more like pushing yourself into the into the unknown, pushing yourself yeah. into into something that you're you know a little bit tentative about, uh, and then you know not really. people always say get comfortable being uncomfortable. Well, yeah, yeah you're uncomfortable is uncomfortable. Yeah, you're Think so about you know, getting <laughs> eaten by a shark every two seconds. I know. I, Speaking no of, how, I can't believe that people in Buzz out at uh, San Clemente Island have no one's been chomped. No, all and these I years. saw
1: you know I saw a small one. I saw two decent sized sharks. When they were five, five mount No, there was they were cruising along the bottom. I think they were like a seven gill. Or something like that.
0: Every shark I see is going to be a great white. Like I well, like it's my in my head, it's going
1: to be a great the white. The worst is we're swimming along with your buddy, and all of a sudden he grabs your legs, and you can hear him yell underwater, and you just think he's it's got, got something coming in with their mouth open. Oh, you know? That's what you but think then the then whole it'll time. It'll be like a it be like a fish this big. he just wants to see it. <laughs> that.
0: Made my swim times better yeah. though. I think just thinking about that. Yeah. But uh, but so then I so I did that uh, the, those dives in Northern California, got my got certified, and then uh, then we went to Hawaii and did it out there. A lot nicer. Yeah. Doing it Out there, yeah. yeah. That's uh, a dove in Fiji. That's that was fun.
1: Yeah, did a little bit of diving in Indonesia on one of one of my deployments. That was cool. Oh, nice! nice. You can yeah. see them coming. You can see. I'm like, as long as I can see a shark coming, I can defend you're good. myself. Yeah, you
0: can just possibly, like, do the you know, punch it in the nose. is not you're supposed to do. Take my cramp out. That's it. That's <laughs> it, man. But uh but yeah, I think all that just being being uncomfortable at such a young age, and then getting going to buds and getting in the pool for pool comp where I think most people, other than Hell Week, I think that's where you lose a lot of people, I think. But oh, yeah. uh, just because they're, they're not comfortable. So right. and it's the hardest place to lose people because you have somebody that is just a hard charger, has been crushing it all through yeah. Buds. Everybody could like him, be a great leader. And then all of a sudden he gets in the water and he's just not, not comfortable. comfortable. Yeah, yeah. He just can't It'll, do it. That's
1: something that'll definitely make you freak out, like feel like you're drowning. And I, and I love that part. It's my favorite part yeah. of Buds. It was relaxing. Cool comp. Uh, and then uh, what was the, not drown
0: proving, but the life-saving. Because yep. it's the only Life time savings. you got to put your hands on an instructor. The rest of the time, they're just yelling at you and doing Man. all that stuff, and you just got to take it and do your push-ups and yep. all that stuff. But this is the time you get to put your hands on them. And, uh, and, and I And then they dead weight. They try to pull you down. Exactly. Cool
1: comp actually was, it, if you're comfortable in the water, that's the best break you get in Buds, yep. between just getting your ass beat all the time. It's like, you know, or go hit the surf. You're like, oh, finally. You know, or you're going to have to do you know, elevators in the pool at 15 foot section up and down. Like, okay, cool. Yeah. That's easy. That's like, that's the most relaxing you're going to get. I, well, I, but I think you see the guys on the side
0: of the pool that had uh failed once, failed twice. I think you get like two position. and then you like it, get, get four chances, I think it rolled. was, and then you're rolled. Yeah. Yep. Um Or they can use an excuse just to get rid of you yeah. or whatever right. it is. But, um, but you see people on their like last attempt and they're there and they're a solid dude. And you're like, Oh, I know. Man. I, like, I can't buddies. imagine. You see that face. It's awful. Luckily. I, luckily I made it the first time through that uh, one just because I was like, Oh, yeah. this is awesome. Same. You yeah, know, first time me off and down. You're like spending all your energy. I'm just going to chill. And then I'm gonna go through my procedures, get my air yeah. back
1: on and I'm going to keep going. Yeah. No so issues. I love that. It, man. But you know, when you talk about those first times, like, like you said, when you're younger doing that dive and stuff, when you can accomplish those, Little battles, right? Like, okay, I'm not gonna let this fear overcome me, and that's you're smaller, right? So it's harder. You don't want to give in and be like, okay, I'm I'm not gonna do this, you know what I mean? But you accomplish those little things. I think that's how somebody becomes mentally strong in the future, right? When they're older and stuff oh, yeah. is just those little those little battles is saying, okay, I'm gonna do this no matter the fear. I'm gonna accomplish mm-hmm. this. I'm gonna learn this. I'm gonna overcome this. It maybe these little things in your life, right? That you're doing that too when you're younger. But all those things build, and then it becomes easier to say no to your fear and easier to say no to stopping, you know what I mean, and not accomplish something. It becomes, yep. it becomes easier to say, no, I know I can do this. I've done this before. Exactly. Accomplish this before.
0: Imagine not testing yourself or not having been pushed either internally yeah. or by, by a coach, by a parent, whatever it is. All of a sudden, you're 25 years old, you're 26 years old, and then you face some adversity. Right. Um, that's That would be tough. Uh, that would be yeah. extremely difficult you not know, to push you yourself. Know,
1: you know, yourself. You wouldn't yourself. You'd be doubting yourself and what yeah. you can accomplish because you haven't been tested like that or you haven't had a history of overcoming. Yep. Yeah,
0: yeah, I know. think that, that helped uh, pushing myself in the backcountry. We said, like, um, we, as a family, we'd we back yeah. in the Sierras and that sort of thing as well. And then uh, I did cross country as a kid because um, I was skinny and I was fast yeah. and uh, we were in the kind of the hills. And so running those mountains, running those hills, like that helped. Even though I'm like, uh, you know, even though it's fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, like that stuff helped me when I was 21, 22, 23, like in the SEAL teams and in buds. I thought back to those times, like running those hills and how hard that was. And same for guys that probably wrestled and did football and two days and all that sort of thing. I'm glad
1: I ran more than I wrestled or did. I didn't do football. I like, I grew up skateboarding, dirt biking. And then I ran, you know, I wanted to be a SEAL since like fifth or sixth grade. My cousin got me a Navy SEAL workout book and like, So when high school came around, like, sophomore year, I was like, hey, I know what I want to do when I get out. And I would, I, you know, after school, I'd run to work. I'd run home. I'd run over to my mom's office. I'd run, you know what I mean? I ran everywhere those last few years, everywhere, just to push myself. And, man, I was so stoked to be the skinny guy in Bud's. It was just less chafing. Like, I didn't have, you know, I had some shin splints, but. I always a fun, fun of the pack. Like, I felt bad for those big dudes. I know. You know the I mean? chafing stuff. I didn't have any yeah. chafing either. But the dude's guys that had the big, weight, big like
0: leg, big thighs, yeah. I guess, that are just, like the sands in there. And they're bad. getting crushed. Oh, that looks awful. And get infected. And yeah. I never had that. I just still, ran. you know,
1: I got buddies that still have scars all really? over their belt lines.
0: Yeah. Oh, dude, that's rough. Um, but same thing, like I showed up at, uh, at Bud's and you see those guys that are huge and just yoked and now they must be even bigger and stronger because they're doing CrossFit. They're doing all these things that, that we didn't know about. We, like you ran, yeah, I ran, and then I went to the gym and I lifted like 1980 style Arnold Schwarzenegger yep. style. Yep. Well, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: how, even in, when there was new in the team, yeah, the same UFC, thing. that's A how team, the old guys team five, same like, thing, yeah. slap you in the face, like hit the gym, like stack more weight on it. Yep. It was just bench press. Deadlift, curls. It girl was like the chest and arms day every two days. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Back and by, try. Yeah,
0: exactly. It was no warming
1: up. You know,
0: get in there, get no after stretching. it, and then we're gonna go for a run. You're gonna run as far as you can, right. as fast as you can, right. in the sand, and that's our workout. Like yeah. totally not a wise way to do Monster things. Monster mash on but, Fridays. Uh, but guys were tough. It's but true. Uh, but guys coming in now, they must be in such great shape. Uh, but still, attrition remains the same.
1: Yeah, and, that mental. Uh, yeah, that. Uh, you would think, right, if you're in that better shape, or at least my kind of mindset was, if my body is more prepared, is more healthy, it'll heal faster, right? right. And that's the big thing, right? And buds, you get run down, you get beat up. Those whose bodies don't heal as quick, it compounds their yeah. injuries, right? So if you're younger, awesome, you heal faster. If you're in really good um, you know, physical condition, your body can heal faster too. And that's one of the big things I... Think they would? You would think would help someone's mental state that their body isn't too beat up yep. yet. No, absolutely, you know? absolutely. but <laughs> absolutely. You're like, you're like you said, it's still the same attrition. Yeah, guys I think, are uh, definitely more fit now.
0: Definitely way more fit because uh, well, there's just so much more uh, there's knowledge base about it. Right. It's there's grown information so much. Is out there of how to be <laughs> yeah. fit, and then these guys also show up. And now they, I guess you could go online and just put in Hell Week schedule, and I, I'm guessing it's going to pop
1: up. I think there's a book.
0: I oh, I wanna, saw that. There was something. I, I don't even want to say it
1: because I'm yeah. worried about people. I, you know what? It's, co- it's called how to beat buds or something like that. You know, I obviously, in my mind, I would say don't. I don't think don't it do helps. anything. They do not Don't cut corners. Like, you want to be the best operator? Don't cut that mental corner. Don't try to find out how you can get through this physical, you know, standard by, you know, being subpar. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's not going to help you in the end. No, I don't even know something. if the
0: knowledge is going to help you. So I read everything I possibly right. could, but this is you still you know, got 90s. hit There wasn't very much. There wasn't very much like right. m- out there about it. Right. But if you go in today with all that knowledge and you start Hell Week or something like that, and you are like thinking about Friday's schedule because you have looked right. at it and you've memorized it online, yeah, it's more to worry about. Yeah, you are like, oh, geez, wait a second, and then they switch it a little bit or whatever. Else. You know, I don't know if it helps. I just don't. I, know I agree if it with helps. you that
1: now you now you maybe know too much, <laughs> and you are always worried, right? Instead of just being like. I'm here. Yep. Bring tell me it. what to do. Beat me. I'm not gonna quit.
0: Yep. Which is pretty much the easiest thing you do in the teams right. looking back is show up at the right place at the right time right. with the right gear and don't quit. Like right. those four things. Yep. Like that's it. Shut that's up, all you need dude. to do
1: in buds. And then right. when you get it's out of the, buds, you got more to you do. You got about. a schedule. They got the schedule. You just do it. We're gonna they tell say. you. You're not making right.
0: you're, you're not making
1: essentially it's, any decision. It's the most structured mm-hmm.
0: environment ever. Uh huh. Yeah, your decision your only decision is whether to quit or right. not. That's it. Right. And so if you just simply decide not yeah. to, and then someone's going to tell you when to do push-ups, they're going to tell you when to Eat. run the O course, yep. they're going to tell you when to start to run. Yeah. Well, it can't uh, be all that hard. <laughs> Looking back, that's probably the easiest
1: things I did in the teams. Was it was that. fun, too.
0: But then we get to the teams, and it's same for you. So what year did you go, go through?
1: Uh, Oh03. 03. So you yeah. already came in. Two thousand eleven 9-11 happened. So where were you, 9/11? you were in 9-11? Uh, I was working. I was up in England. I, was, um, I had actually, my senior year in high school, I quit and moved to Montana. Lived in Montana. You for can a while. quit high school? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was, could do that. I, was, I did. I, said, I did not you know that was this. an option. Well, I, I did seventh and eighth grade one year, so I was a year ahead of my class. So I was like, I don't know, I think I was just miserable in my senior year. And so I was like, man, screw this. We had some family friends in Montana. I went up and worked on a ranch. No kidding. And then came back down at the end of that. So the following year, I knocked out, I had like three classes I needed to do to get my diploma. And then yeah. I joined, so I just knocked those out. I worked. I was at EMT. Okay, so September 11th that happened. Yeah, you know you're, you know where you're going, and is yep. that? Drive? I had my really close buddy joined. I grew up with. He joined a year before me. Derek Benson. Okay. Yeah. And he did he get to the team? Yeah, yeah, he was out. He he died in, in uh, Extortion 17. Oh man. Gold Squadron. Got it. You know, but he, I grew up with him one year before me. I was like, oh man, I shouldn't have quit. And moved to Montana. You know, wow. got in a year before me. Yeah, oh, man, and then. Uh,
0: and so you get back and you sign up and you go to boot camp yep. and do they have they don't have uh, buds prep yet right no so they had
1: scruff duty then I remember but that. I didn't scruff duty they like had, would keep guys around for a little while and yeah. I'm not sure exactly why cuz really it was like I chose the shortest A schools aviation Ordinance. that's what I should I'd have done Pensacola I should have done that I didn't know that one. it was uh, yeah it was short one that I was intel. 8 weeks I did the longest yeah that's not good no. <laughs> you know <laughs> bigger school was the shortest was like what 6 it? weeks AO was and, 8 weeks or something like that nice. like hey it was like boot camp I had I was no boot idea. camp, um, A school, and then, you know, everyone went out to the regular Navy. I got my orders to yeah. Bud's. So same with me, but I chose yeah. poorly. Um, How I it was that? Good.
0: It was like, well, you had to wait for the startup. And then once you finished, you had to like wait for the Bud's start to get get there. So the full thing was like 16 weeks um, plus the uh, either side there. So it was a little while. Yeah. It was a while, but it was, it was good. It was good. Intel, I'm like, oh, Intel. Yeah, that's, that's me. Check the box. And off we went and did that. And it actually ended up being a good, good foundation. Uh, for what I was going to do to yeah. do later. But, um, but yeah, worked out guys, the teams, the same thing, same thing. Yeah. Hey, the uh,
1: longer you could work out, I guess. You
0: know, yeah. Ready? That's all it was. It's just a little bit of time. The thing to, is work, you how, might to work be, out.
1: you're ready. And it's like, I see guys, you know, waiting around to go. And I've had a few buddies I've mentored and it's like, it's hard not to lose motivation when you have to wait to show up. I mean, yeah. once you get there, I think that motivation kicks in again. Cause you need guys have this, the same mindset. They want the same thing. They push each other. You drive each other. You you know what I mean? You make those friends. you're all in that together. Right. Your motivation kicks up again. You know what I mean? But I've seen, had buddies that uh, maybe got rolled and they had to go back in two years. And it was like the hardest thing for them to keep that motivation to go back. Yeah. And then you
0: show up at Team Five. Yeah. And so for me, I got there and I thought I was going to get the pager. I thought the Golden Conics box would open and I thought we'd get the little buzz go off and say, oh, you go, go save the world, save the princess, <laughs> and then come back in time for beers, you know, at the bar the next night. Not how it was nope. pre-September 11th. You know, it was there, and they handed you that broom at Team yeah. 5. You know, sweep that, take that garbage out, paint that wall, change that light bulb, like, all this stuff. Right. I was like, what? Uh, when, when do I get to save the princess? When do we go <laughs> off and do this thing? And uh, that was not how it was. But after September 11th, that yeah. paradigm completely shifted, and then it really became right. what I then thought the I was going the into. Building schedules to go to war. It was crazy. Yeah, and we were all in it together back then, it seemed like. What was that like? It was awesome. I mean, it you, was awesome Were you at the team when? The towers. I was at. Uh, deployed in my second week of deployment with the guys that are actually here right now. and That's got to um, be just so surreal. Like crazy. You're like,
1: oh, my God. We're going.
0: And when I say it was awesome, I don't happening. mean that the attack was awesome. What I mean was that um, we were all in this thing together, and a paradigm was shifting, and we recognized that. But not just the guys, the families, everybody, right. no matter if you were an E1 or in, you know, an admiral or general, or whatever, it shifted for it. Everyone right. on that day, right. um, and now guys are coming in, and you have like you
1: came in a couple years after, two years, still right. not figured there's out. Guys yet. who don't really it's still not have figured a connection out. To, I watched it, you know. What I mean, like you watched it, like it hit the news, and I was watching before that second plane hit. Yeah, there's we guys the same who thing. it's it's so yesterday or old in their memory because they didn't see it. You yeah. know, they were that's crazy to me. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you know, it's, it's so impactful to me. And why I had such drive as well. You know, I wanted yeah. to be a SEAL anyway. And then that happened. I was like, now I know I want to be a SEAL. I'm going to get to use that. Yep. You know, I'm going to get to be an operator. I'm going to get to pull the trigger. Exactly. So
0: to this day, it's impactful,
1: common. you know, to me.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah and, it's, uh, and for our, all our families to go through that at the same time, I think was a, that's what I mean by it being a, a special time. Right. And I can meet the guys that come in now. Like, it's been set up So we're almost at 20 years. And these guys are coming in now. That paradigm is set just like it was for, for me when I came in from essentially, like, end of Vietnam up until September 11th, yeah. uh, there was that model. And then now these guys are coming into one and they're stepping in and you have people that have been doing that for 20 years now. And uh, we didn't have that. We yeah. all figured it out at the same time. And it was crazy to, to uh, watch it all together on Go deployment. Ahead. We thought we were gonna get right after it. We thought it was gonna be, all right, we're going. And we went, it took a couple of days to figure things out, but we got on planes. Thought we were going to, uh, to Afghanistan. But uh, I think it was almost in the air. We switched over and we took over for Team Three yeah. uh, in uh, uh, doing the shipboardings, and they went in with the, uh, yeah. the first guys in. But uh, so, but it was crazy. Yeah. It, was, it was crazy, and then it was game on, yeah. game on. And if I, I had any any uh, thoughts about getting out, then uh, as soon as that happened, I was like, nope, let's do this. It's so
1: weird that there was guys who were in the teams when that happened, and a couple years after that happened, there was such a a need for private contracting. I remember guys getting out, and you would yeah. think like. You know, guys were like, uh, "I'm gonna get out in private contract," and I was like, "Dude, what are you doing?" Because some
0: guys were worried they weren't gonna get to the fight. Like, some of them were like, "I can get to the fight faster." Because we all thought we were gonna miss it. That's right. the other thing. Right. So when it happened, right. we all we were like, "Oh yes, we're on deployment. Mad we're gonna get to after it. it." Guys are probably trying then, to switch teams to go. Yeah, we're just trying to get in there because yeah. you don't want to miss it.
1: Yeah. Here we are, 20 years later. Look um, at how good that mentality is, though. And then you have people that like, would rather miss it. You know what I mean? Like, what are you doing? There? The whole reason why you join our military especially during the time of war is to go to war is to support the cause. You don't have to be the guy out in the, in the you know, bushes pulling the trigger, but to get overseas and support what we're doing best, you know, protecting our freedom, protecting each other, protecting other countries. You know, I, I, I know of people or I've met people who joined to get that education and they, don't, they want to be a conscious objector, but they want the military to feed them. And you're like, what? That, to me, that's cowardice. Like, I
0: think I heard a rumor off, it's true, that a couple guys like, left buds in the middle of buds, right? Like, yeah. After that happened. I mean, crazy. Yeah, instructors.
1: Like I, oh, really? Yeah, there was oh, some geez. guys that conscious objected to get out, and then they, then they went and contracted. So what? They just wanted to get overseas. Really? Yeah. That's so crazy. Well, they didn't miss it. And then, um, and then uh, of course,
0: 20 years later, a lot of those guys wish they had stayed in and, yeah. and uh, done they this tried route, to come back in, you know. Because the contracting thing kind of got a little iffy yeah. there for a while. I mean, yeah, you could get over there, but, uh, but doing the job that you signed up to do and kicking these doors yeah. and breach and get in there and, uh, yeah. and do the job like that, that's a, that's a select... A select number of people yeah. get to get to knock yeah, out man, of the park. Yeah, man,
1: it was greatest thing in the world, like finally finally flying out, you know, being a new guy, being I turned twenty one right before deployment, getting in an airplane. It was so surreal, like almost like team a video five, game. Right? Yeah, team five, you know, getting in an airplane, putting our gear on, getting in a C seventeen, flying out, you know, through Germany another few more hours and then, you know, going back and forth, dropping you know, heat out the back in case, you know, we're getting shot at and coming in, guys, we're putting our gear on. I was like, oh my God, It's like a video game. Yeah. I'm coming in, you know, landing a biop, oh, taking yeah. Route Irish back over there. And like being new guys too, you know, we're in the back and it's like you're puckered up tight. You're like hunkered down, your guns up. up. Ready to and fight you realize, off the plane, Realize you every mile there's army dudes <laughs> and up our vehicles on Route <laughs> Irish, like keeping it clear. But you were yeah. just you are Ready you know it. you're going to get shot at. Yeah. And you're ready to get it. You're just porcupine, quills out, you yeah. know. Oh, yeah. No, you I start think... learning to be able to relax. But, uh, man, there's, it's such, it, you go through so much, whether you decided when you were a young age, like I did, to, to join the teams and envision myself going to war. And then, finally, under nods, in the back of a Humvee, on a helicopter, loud, cruising, you know, and, like, guns up. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like the amount of time and effort and energy that you put in, your family put in, not quitting, learning as much as you can, you know, that's, that's so long. Yeah. Um, when you decided to join and then finally on that bird or, or in country yep. with a weapon in your hand, and that, yep. and the dedication, yep. that's the hard part, you know what I mean? Buds was this much of it. Yeah. Keeping your nose clean before you went to Buds. How many guys got in trouble right before Buds and had contracts got pulled? I got I know, buddies that had that's that. That's
0: crazy. You know. uh, or right when they get to the team after going through right. all that, and then they get there and they're in their first couple weeks and they do something silly.
1: That's I know crazy. that's rough. That's rough. But right. I think the one
0: thing that uh, when I talk to people about it, um, and it kind of helped confirm that hey, I wasn't crazy, uh, is that most of us that did this, uh, when they saw September 11th happen, had some sort of a feeling inside like hey, I wish I could have been on one of those planes. Yeah, like I could have been there. Maybe I could have done something, so much. You know? right. and that's that was what. And uh, it's crazy. I don't really talk about that that much, but. Um, you know, when, I think about I, that. yeah. And I think all the people that, that, uh, come in to
1: do the job that, uh, like, that I could have done so something long. different. Exactly. Like that's right. where you're, you're and meant I, to be. Yeah. I still think I could have done something different. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? I'm like, I don't take anything away from people who did some, but if they didn't have, you know, if they didn't have guns in their hands you could take them out,
0: let well, just, it's just like where, where you can make a difference, where you can use yeah. that, uh, that mindset, that drive. Um, that intellect even uh, to, to crush evil and that's right. what we're uh, right. that's what it's all about i like
1: rather wake up you know and that first prayer at the beginning of the day is like you know if something bad is going to happen let it happen around me so I can do something about it you yes. know versus around people who can't protect themselves and it's like I'd rather something happen around me where I can what, what, what I what my knowledge is I can put that to good use to protect people. That's it, brother. That's it, crazy. And sometimes it happens. You got that, you know, that sh- church shooting in yeah in Texas. That guy was that guy was on it right there. He was you know, on it fast.
0: In. Yeah, like six seconds or something like that. Yeah. Dude, amazing. amazing. Yeah, yeah. And, and then you got it.
1: places where people aren't doing anything. Someone's, you know, I don't know if it's an active shooter or whatever. Got some or how about when people take videos of someone getting their ass beat in the street and getting stomped and stabbed, and there's four people taking videos and like what? Where yeah. what have we lost in in I don't know, human kindness or where is that human nature to want to protect those around you you know and I'm not you may not even know the person but I still want yeah. to protect them that's a you know that's a, maybe that's a I don't know, man thing an internal thing I, even a woman thing how protect women are protected. I don't want to take yeah. that away from them either but it's like well, so some people don't have it I don't understand yeah. it interesting if that
0: same thing that same, take that same situation pre cell phone. What do people do then? Are they are they, right. they're standing and watching, or hey, come Or are it's they like, doing something? Are they want to get help? Or are they intervening? Like I don't know. Yeah. Everybody's so programmed to do this with their phone because right. they can get some attention it.
1: from the footage, or like I don't know. It's just like That's natural sad.
0: to like do that, that now. That's it's crazy We've been programmed for that. We have Use the phone you know, to thousands hit thousands <laughs> of years of this. Of uh, you know, of uh, instead of, of calling the police, they're, they're filming it. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of it's great Yeah, it's a, it's reading times in which we live. That's for sure. It's crazy. But all right, so we're gonna. Lot yeah. to do here. We're at Shot Show 2020. Uh, what is uh, what is in the works? What is coming down the pike? I know you have a, you are expanding. You are moving into yeah. a new facility. You got some new machines. Yeah. And uh, what's going on with all that?
1: So I just went from uh, 1,900 to 4,300 square feet. Kind of took that that step. In general, I I grow. I I, I take baby steps, you know, because I really want to know what I'm doing and I want to be good at it. I want to, you know, don't want to overstep and do something, you know, overstretch my money or whatever it is you know yeah. what i mean my knowledge so taking this step you know it's, it's been a long time coming so i got a couple of cnc mills water jet router table um, new laser engraver got a got the location of course so we've just been building that out tomorrow uh friday we'll get uh, some of the machinery done and hopefully the cncs will be chipping metal here pretty soon Dude, that's i just so awesome, you know i do 90 percent of what we do is just all of that custom work you know and occasionally if i want to do a run of like 200 of one of the knives i'll outsource that to a bigger knife company here in america yeah. help me out with that so i just uh i'm going to do it in-house i want to support that in-house you know everything and i want to learn folders that's a big thing too so
0: well i have your i have your first folder i have the yeah. which one do i have the crow folder is that what it's what's the what's there's the, folder? the crow and
1: disaster folder so. okay i think i have the crow folder
0: yeah. and uh and i love it it yeah. is awesome and uh you know, these days it it mostly opens boxes for books yeah. that show up at the house these days. But uh, no, love love everything that. Yeah, my buddy uh, did
1: that. Uh, so my buddy last year when I was out cutting the end of the summer, up at White River National National Ranch or Forest. Um, he did a toy elk with his folder, his nice. folder. I was like, dude, that's so rad! That's you know, legit, epic. So you, that's, you just
0: went to Lanai. Yeah, that was. We didn't even amazing. talk about that yet. Yeah, I yeah, was, was a good time. Yeah, yep. so you
1: have an eagle beyond
0: uh, yeah, episode, episode out there, episode. and uh, I went out there. An amazing trip, pretty cool, huh?
1: Yeah. And uh, you got an axis? I multiple didn't. axis? Yeah, I got four. Nice. You know? I awesome. Like, instead of shooting a big one, I was just like, oh, let's get the meat.
0: Yeah. And then did you go back uh, into
1: Nobu and work with the chef back there and see how they do any of that? Yeah, stuff? you know, he had come out. I had made some knives for the trip, so he came out and used my knives just to cut up. And he was just showing me all the ways he's cutting up the meat and processing that. And he loves it. I ended up giving him that knife because he was like, "Dude, oh the best awesome, knife I've ever used. Awesome, he's so, a good guy. Yeah, yeah,
0: he's yeah. a really good guy. And they do the uh, uh what do they do? Like it's, it almost looks like sushi, but it's uh, a poshi. Yeah, they they the, do the do like axis with the axis. <laughs> It's so awesome. It's so good. Yeah. So anybody gets a chance, yeah, it that was a cool 100. trip. And I didn't think
1: we'd be able to get it. You know, I was to beyond and back and forth and i would had a few trips going on some fishing trips and i got invited to texas and then i was I was fishing in alaska and then i was gonna go hunt somewhere else and i was trying to i was gonna go hunt in colorado and i was like here's my schedule and it was like it wasn't looking like we were gonna be able to do it and then they hit me up like hey we'll just plan a hunting trip nice like man i would love to go so awesome. was that you know we were, you know been swimming in the ocean and went cliff jumping and went hunting I and you know I saw the it jump was, that was crazy. I wish I had done Uh-oh. some.
0: Wish we had something higher to jump off of. Yeah. it looked high <laughs> enough. <laughs> Believe me, looked. Uh... It was an amazing
1: trip, man. They've been so good, so cool. Yeah, and then that episode and it's episode goes, four. That is three. that right?
0: Episode four. Yeah, episode, episode four, four coming out soon.
1: Eagle beyond right. It's yeah, see what called. That is we did they do any yeah. filming in San
0: Diego. Do the knife we stuff. We did a little bit. Yeah, yeah, we did
1: some filming in the shop. You know, did some grinding, just a little bit of everything, and then a little bit of filming at the home. You know, nice. prepping the gear, getting, getting stuff going, man. I just did, I didn't want to come home. Yeah. Stay a, out well, you can come out anytime. Right. It's, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's my hunting operation with I may, my I partner. May be able, so. I may be able getting out there um, this month or next with Mark Healy. Oh, nice. Yeah. Awesome. So, and you know Nick.
0: Yeah, who's right here yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Uh, that'd be awesome. I need to get out there. I go out there one, probably once or twice a year. Oh, um, Bob the butcher. But, uh, oh, yeah. Do you get to spend some time with Bob? You can't not. I mean, that is the highlight of most people's he is trip. So wild, is spending dude. some time with Bob the butcher, you know, yeah, on in Lanai. He is so wild. I think Rogan did a whole podcast just about talking about really? Bob the butcher. Oh yeah. I'm sure, because yeah, he's been out there. When a few I was times, there, Rogan's and, uh, skull was sitting yeah, there. You I took know a picture I mean? of it and yes. sent it to him. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, it's so rad. And uh, and Bob's is crazy. He and does you know great what? work. He dude, does it, amazing it work. Insane.
1: It's so true. When I got the meat, you know, when I finally got the meat at home, I was going through it. Packaged good. Not a bit of fat. On little bits of it, it's cut so clean. It's cleaned like. It, it is absolutely So professionally packaged. Right. There's no labeled. blood, extra blood anywhere on it. And he was like, he wants, you know, for the taste. Like, I'm not joking. It was so good. Like, the, the rack of Axis was like rack of lamb. Yeah. So that, it was I love that. Good. That's my
0: favorite cut that he does. Yep. And it looks like a rack of lamb. You can tell, tell people that's what it is. That's how I did serve it. serve it like
1: that. I did it with rosemary. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. I did it with, like, rosemary, garlic. Um, truffle salt, truffle oil, man, it was insane.
0: Yeah, that is the best way to do it, I think. And, uh, and it <laughs> looks great. The presentation is amazing. Yep. So, uh, yeah, it's I it's it good. Very, fortunate very, cool to, uh, very fortunate to be involved in it uh, that I was invited to be a part of that. So it's, uh, it's pretty sweet. But that's yep. pretty much all we eat in our house. Yeah, uh, I got two
1: deep uh, <laughs> freezers. I have, my elk. <clears throat> I have my elk from last year. The year before, I did um, an elk, a scimitar oryx, and an American buffalo. I bow hunted all three. I didn't see the buffalo pics. I got to check yeah, those out. Yeah. And then, so I have that and I'm going through it, you know. So I think this next year, uh, one of my friends, I think Kelsey was like, I want to come and hunt one too. So we have two. Yeah, you know? But I, also, 2021, I'm trying to do a trip to Alaska. I want to do a moose.
0: Nice. That's right. I did my yeah. moose up there. Oh, man. It was awesome. And I gave I, it was so much meat. I gave a third of it to the to the guy, a third of it to the processor, and took a third home. And we're still, still going through it. Wow, it's uh, it's awesome. Maybe we had some yeah, other stuff. We've been eating some other stuff as well. But right. um, that's an amazing trip. Definitely yeah. want to go back and do that. feels incredible. Uh, Buffalo would be sweet. I've always wanted to do one with like like make my own bullet and do it with the Sharps old school. Yeah. You know, that's kind of that's the way I want to do. Uh, that Do one of those. Might as well go
1: farther back. Do old, old powder like old powder gun. Old school. Yeah, <laughs> I maybe a like- Bow. <laughs> like you're a settler, a exactly. yeah, you know what? Just switch the bow. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe chase it off a cliff. To you know, so Daniel
0: Winkler, he makes. Uh, he used to do these uh, old, uh, not just knives and stuff yep. like that, but he had this old firearm when I was at his place. Uh, an old black powder rifle, types so of that, something yeah. like that. Like something I wanted to kind of That'd do it, it with the time period stuff. Like when I went to uh, to Mozambique and the uh, Cape Buffalo hunt over there, I wanted to do it the same wow. way you would have done it hundred years ago. Yep. So uh, side by side, it's um, you know, a challenge. You, know, rival, you give yourself that. Challenge. No
1: optic. Yeah, imagine though. No, I, I, I was hunting, I hunted an elk. I don't know, maybe it was three years ago, four years ago. I first really kind of started hunting. Didn't hunt, really hunt growing up. I was a real outdoors family, but they were vegetarian, crazy enough. You know what I mean? So we didn't hunt. We did have a neighbor, Klebe, who had chickens. Cleeb with his chickens? Klebe, Klebe with his chickens. Anytime, you know, foxes and coyotes, even a bear when raccoons would try to get his chickens. So he'd trap them and shoot them and hit us up, be a 10 at night, like, hey, I'm seven. My older brother's 13, 11. Like, oh. I got another coyote in the trap. You guys want to come over and skin it? Nice. So we go pick. So it you go do Skin that. it. Yeah, I think I, my brothers are making like rack and jerky, making me eat it, oh, rubbing really? poison oak on me, making me drink poison oak berry tea. Really? see a, they read some Native American right, and then be rubbing. Become poison immune to, to it, right? Yeah, yeah. You had a little bit back yeah. then. Yeah. They were huge in the Native American culture. My older brother, so and that's where you I was the guinea pig. Got. I uh, yeah. got into it through the through yeah, them. Yeah. yeah, we'd be out. You know. Mushroom hunting and getting steady. That seems test dangerous dummy. to me. Yeah, I mean that man, was the I test didn't... dummy though. You know, oh. eating oleander leaves, man. These Guys. Oh, that's rough.
0: <laughs> so I gotta write down Klebe because I think it's a great name to use in a book for a, a character. And is, he's I that it. character. Yeah, you know what he I mean? is the guy. The name he's says an it all. Old
1: dude, he loved his chickens. Like, dude, I love that. He um, killed a bear. You know, in Northern California. Yeah, I was eating
0: his chickens, man. Don't mess with Cleve's chickens. Oh. I got I to gotta write all that down. That's got to be in a book. <laughs> Absolutely. Like I, it's amazing. Um, and speaking of books, so I cannot wait to give you, and I should have sent you one chapter from the third novel just to make sure I got the knife-making stuff right. I'm a little worried that I, kinda, that I might have messed it up, but we'll see. We'll yeah. see. You probably got it right. I might, uh, we'll, we'll see. I did, I did my research, but I should have had someone that knows what they're doing double-check it. But uh, there's a character in there that uh, I'm very excited for you to to meet, and, uh, oh, yeah. and this character will be. Uh, be a character in future novels as well but cool. um uh yeah so I'm, I'm very excited for you to, to yeah, see I'm that stoked, you might yeah. uh yeah you might recognize him Might recognize uh his knife company and i had to take a couple of liberties I had to move it from san diego to montana <laughs> well, uh, even you know, better i, I wish that. i could <laughs> <laughs> so i had to put it up there because it was, so it works with the storyline but uh yeah i had to had to do that and then it even gets better i can't wait for the, the other the other part when i was talking oh, to I'm you stoked. about the uh hunter skinner um uh, and yep. uh and if i would knife i was going to incorporate in this book and uh, anyway, so it's a, it's a pretty cool scene. You've been busy, man. I'm so stoked for you. Thanks, brother. You know? I appreciate it. Really? I appreciate it. And, uh, are you still getting up too? so I had to throw this in for the character as well, that he works as a part-time fall guy
1: in, uh, in Los Angeles. Do you have anything like that
0: on the books these days? Yeah, or? so I've been,
1: oh man, since mid 2000, I guess July 2017, I've been on Avatar 2 with Jim Cameron, you know? Nice. How so, long does it take to film in an oh, Avatar man, movie? Dude. I, I mean, Years. there's some days that it was, uh. Was some days it was we did two scenes during the whole day you know hey, hey who's this you know? guy look at oh, monty, Leclerc walking yeah, by. monty how are you buddy <laughs> good to see you brother love we'll monty on here too yeah. talk about cheering arms yeah see what he's, he's got a, going he's a wizard that's oh, right he's a wizard oh, yeah said man great man i was at team five with him Yep. back in the day Solid dude anyway what we're we talking about um uh fall guy avatar oh, yeah yeah so i've been on you know i came on um uh, doing some military advising the stunt director and second unit director is a real great friend of mine I've worked with him and, on Logan and Turtles and amazing others, some doing a little bit of just you know military advising and then I was like oh I want to do a little bit of stunts you know and then when I started doing stunts I realized I don't really like doing too heavy a stunts you know what I mean <laughs> like some of those stunts are gnarly and so well, did you
0: get thrown off the building in Benghazi I'm, or something
1: yeah yeah Yeah. yeah, So, well, thirteen hours. I was thirteen hours in the Benghazi film. So I I stunt doubled. I advised on that, and I stunt doubled the main actor, and then I played one of the Delta guys coming in. You know, and you know what's wild is um, Ty was our class proctor. Oh wow! And he pinned me. I first tried it when I graduated. So, dude, uh, he was such a good dude. When we graduated, we did our class party, a pinning party. You know, and he gave me he pinned me. You know, I tried it on my chest. So then, years later, you know, who would have known I'd be Advising on the film that he, you know, he was killed. And, and then um, I stunt in the main actor that played him. Okay. You know what I mean? And I was yeah. like, if anybody gets to, you know, do this and, you know, if anybody gets to do this, like, I, what wow. an honor for us is and there's other team guys to be able to work on the film and try to represent it as best we could, you know. Amazing. Anyway, yeah, so that and then this, the stunt director, you know, the so you know, guy, good buddy of mine, and I don't actually look for that work up there. I like, like do my own thing. And so he hit me up and he's like, hey, you know, Working on starting Avatar Two. I know I've I've been in tough with Jim Cameron a little bit here and there back in the day. So I went up there and Jim's like, Hey, what's up? You know, he wants to stick around and advise. And I was like, Well, I gotta say no to Jim. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I've been working with him on that and then doing some stunts and then he said, Well, since you're here, I'm gonna make you play a role. So I'm a bad nice. guy, I'm a ten foot tall Andy Arabito looking bad awesome. guy in the movie too. That is awesome. When did something like that come out? Um, Avatar well, three is being filmed a little yeah. bit, two, you know, is being worked on right now. They're overseas New Zealand filming. Oh, wow. And then hopefully it'll be done this year. It's already being worked on, edited, I'm sure. Like, they're editing once they're just filming. You know, it's constant. So nice. hopefully beginning of next year. Awesome. You know, and then I think... Do you uh, have any more work
0: on that? Or is that... Yeah,
1: I, we'll see. I might be heading overseas to, like, Fiji. We'll do some stuff. We'll see. that would be nice. Nice. You know, that that, awesome. that'll, that'll come back, you know, do some reshoots. 3 it'll be work on... Know. I'm sure there'll be more after that, you know, to be worked on. So that's, you know... at That guy's really amazing to work for. He wants, his brother was a prime marine. Oh, Tim Cameron's brother. uh, He was an O. And he really wants, you know, some directors, you got to sit there and wait for them to ask. He's like, tell me what needs to be done to make it look better you know how many people would be in this helicopter faster what's the verbiage here you know would you do this would you wear this you know how would you do this so he's really he wants to be that technical you know you can only do so much in a film for advising you know but it's been really amazing working on that it's been fun dude that's awesome awesome brother
0: well let's wrap it up because we got a lot to do here at SHOT Show and uh Dude, thank you so much for coming on. Absolutely. Thank you for uh, everything you've done for me and my family personally Man, for and uh, for everything you've done for the for the nation. So yep. um, love you, brother. Thanks love so much too, for everything. Yeah. All right. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to the Danger Close Podcast, an Ironclad original presented by Six Hour. Check out what Andrew Arabido has going on at halffaceblades.com. Follow along on Instagram at halffaceblades and also spec operator. You can go and order my next novel, In the Blood, right now. And I sincerely appreciate everyone who does that. It comes out May of 2022, but those pre-orders sure do help. So In the Blood, available for pre-order. You can also jump on officialjackcar.com, sign up for the newsletter, check out the reading lists, check out the blog posts, see everything that I have going on there. Zip over to jackcarusa.com for the merch and follow along on the social channels at jackcarusa. Thank you so much for joining me. Until the next time, take care, stay safe, be strong, keep fighting.
1: get your podcasts.